Welcome to the Big Stream, presented by the Big Lead. I am Liam McEwen here today with my coworker Ryan Phillips. We gather to discuss Amazon Prime's most ambitious new venture, Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. It debuted last Thursday night with a two-episode premiere out of an eight-episode first season. The budget is gigantic. The story is unfamiliar, yet familiar at the same time. And it comes out either conveniently or inconveniently, depending on your point of view, uh, alongside another very similar medieval-style epic fantasy show in House of the Dragon. They are two very different shows, that's for sure. But we'll get there. We'll start with uh, Ryan. Ryan, welcome. And... uh, would love to, you know, hear your thoughts about how are you feeling going into the episodes and then uh, just what were your initial impressions? Were. Well, it's weird because I'm not like a fantasy guy. I'm not a kid who grew up reading fantasy books. I think I read The Hobbit as a kid, but I, I didn't, you know, read The Lord of the Rings. I saw the movies, loved them, you know, got into the, the whole world. And then I never read Game of Thrones either, loved the show and, you know, got super into it and would be the person who like, when something would happen, it'd be like, oh, they referred to somebody. Let me look that up and, you know, would dive in and all of a sudden it'd be 45 minutes later. And I, you know, have no idea what I was looking at. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that both are hitting right now. It's the two like fantasy series I've ever been into. Um, and, and I will say you're right when you say that the two series are very different and, and you can't help but compare them because they're on at the same time. And I don't know if this was, a conscious choice by the two networks to do this. I don't think it's a good idea. I think one should be, they should just sort of carve out their own territory a little bit because they are such different shows. And, and, you know, one thing about house of the dragon is it's, it's done the opposite of what game of Thrones did. And it's really started very small instead of starting sprawling. And I feel like rings of power is starting very big in a bunch of different places with a bunch of different stuff going on. And it feels like they have to explain everything to you. Whereas house of the dragon, it was sort of like, Hey, you know, we're in King's landing, you know, we're here. Uh, These people are all battling over the throne. These people are related here, their motivations and that's it. And they just let it go. Whereas I feel like this one is sort of very much a lot of, and you know, that has to happen on some shows, especially when they're new is there has to be some exposition and people talking about things and all that. I feel like reading a lot of that early on with Rings of Power. Now I'm hoping it doesn't take up four episodes of the eight to do all that. And it's it's quick, but it was a little slower going uh, in the first two episodes. I feel like House of the Dragon kind of hit hard early, whereas I feel like this was kind of a slow creation. Um, but it is a cool world to be back in. It's a lot, you know, I mean, there is a lot that feels familiar if you've watched the movies. Um, so yeah, so far, I mean, I'm still in it. Um, look, uh, Amazon bought the rights to it for $250 million. I'm going to give it a shot. And then, the, you know, every episode looks like it's a movie. So I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I'm in for the season. Yeah, I think uh, one of your points really illustrated it best is that House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones universe, uh, conceptually is hit hard, hit fast, really in your face, very brutal, the whole nine yards. That's why everybody got super into it. Whereas Lord of the Rings is a lot 
more grand it's slower on purpose there's it's it's less about the nitty-gritty of a fantasy world and more about like the intricate relationship between nature and man and all that you know dumb bullshit sometimes other, t- <laughs> <laughs> other oh, times crap. it's interesting yeah exactly so it it does that it, in uh house of the dragon we we observed on this podcast has you know they started a little bit quicker than game of thrones did but even then compared to rings of power it's that super fast and rings of power is super slow now i am the uh not quite the same as you i grew up reading fantasy books i'm a huge fantasy nerd i've read lord of the rings a couple of times read the hobbit did not read the samarillion because that's just a fucking history book but that's where this kind of like loosely comes from is the very end of the samarillion makes some references to what's happening here but amazon doesn't what i thought yeah, what I was going to say, I thought it's really funny. They're referring to it a lot, but they don't own the rights to it, so they can't really say it. Yeah. But they apparently, like I read a, a friend of mine wrote a whole thing about it, and it's sort of like they're brushing right up against, you know, all of the stuff from that without actually saying it or representing what happened in it, which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, they do be, they do be towing the line out there, yeah. that's for sure. It'll be <laughs> something to watch. Will Amazon get sued? Um but yeah, so uh, I, I'm super into all this stuff. I think it's great that there are two like extremely high budget fantasy TV series going on at the same time. I wish that they weren't going on at the same time because it is impossible to think about one without thinking about the other. Like when we were, when I was just thinking about what I was going to say on this podcast, most of it was like framing the two next to each other, which kind of sucks because, like I just said, they're not the same like types of show like at all. They're super duper different. They do things differently. The viewing experience is much different, and yet they're just going to be constant, constantly compared to one another. Uh, but I guess, you know, to lean into that, I will say that House of the Dragon banged a little bit to start, and then the third episode is where things got a little bit iffy. If you've been listening to the big stream regularly, you'll know that me and Steven Douglas, our other co-worker, was, we were such big fans of uh, episode three. Uh, Rings of Power, third episode, drops Friday, and I think that, much like Way to the House of the Dragon, the third episode is where things will kind of get its stride and we'll get an understanding of what this show is about, because right now the show is kind of about Sauron, but we know what happens with Sauron, so it doesn't seem like they're super focused on that. Their Return of the Orcs, and then there's a weird homeless wizard guy who can't speak English hanging out with the like Hobbit community that we're focused in on, who so far haven't been super relevant although it's been okay. fun seeing the hobbitses so meteor guy wizardy guy what's your take on that what do you think's gonna happen there like i know we're, we're doing sort of a broad strokes thing but that's what i want to dive into real quick because do you <laughs> like what's your take on what's gonna happen there there were rumors that like oh no he's gandalf no he's not i i don't yeah no there's no way he's gandalf just because that was my gut reaction when he crashed into there and i was like yo it's gandalf because he's got long hair and he's kind of like a tall skinny guy and he's obviously a wizard it's like, no, that would, A, that would be kind of, like, ridiculous, just in general. But, B, I think, you know, the creators of the show, they want to link this to the Lord of the Rings universe, and they want to link it to the movies and all that stuff, but not not with the characters, yeah. I don't think, outside of Elrond, obviously, but elves are their own special category in that regard. Like, uh, the yeah, end of the Galadriel- second episode, it's Galadriel and Elrond are the only people yeah. from the show, the movies that are in it so far. 
Exactly. Otherwise, it'll be like themes and items that will be connected. So like at the end of the second episode, we saw a hint that the dwarves had already found the heart of the mountain. And that's what's corrupting their relationship with the elves. Like the beginning is already there. And then obviously they're trying to build the forge that creates all the lesser rings that leads Sauron to create the one true ring. All that good stuff. I think that, but I think that by and large, outside of the elves, it's going to be new characters. So I think that homeless wizard guy is going to end up more like, um, I don't remember what his name is, but the weird like uh, wizard who lived in the woods from the Hobbit movies. Yeah, uh, it was a something the Brown, I believe. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Do but... you think? So here's my question, though: Do you think he's going to be good or evil? Ah, wow, I didn't actually consider that. I was operating under the assumption that he was good instead of kind of like a Saruman character. Wow. Um, I think he's going to be good because this game isn't like House of the Dragon where you're like, and Game of Thrones, where you're waiting for the next terrible thing to happen. Yeah. It's like, if this guy's bad, then he's betraying all of the hobbits who are helping him and our main hobbit protagonist, and that would suck. That would make me sad. And this show, like isn't really in the business of doing that. Like there's going to be no, or well, there won't be no, but there will be relatively few horrifying twists that cause like utter destruction in comparison. So I'm more operating under the mindset that all is kind of what it seems because that's generally what things are like in Lord of the Rings, as opposed to there's always an undercurrent of something else. Happening. I don't, I wouldn't rule it out. But I so think my, that's what my mind's at. So my first, and again, we'll, we'll get more broad strokes after this. My my reaction was, if you remember uh, in the opening scene, Galadriel, in the opening segment, Galadriel talks about how they're in that, uh, they're in that castle that was where the orcs were hiding out. And you get the idea that Sauron was there from his symbol being there and everything. And she says that like, it's like so evil that their torches give off no warmth and then when he crashes to earth everything is cold around him Ooh, so i'm thinking one. he's i'm thinking he's evil i don't think it's going to be a twist i think he can't really speak and stuff and i think he i think he's got some evil to him that's my that's my thought uh one broad strokes thing i want to talk about is of all the segments going on because it's about four different storylines going on right now um you're you're with me that the 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 Harfoots slash Hobbits are are the is the least compelling right now, right? Like by far, it's the least compelling, right? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. It is. I mean, which is kind of always going to be. I mean, the you know the movies didn't get interesting until the Hobbits left their Hobbit holes, you know. Right. The yeah. Hobbits are like a, it, it was the Hobbits. I think were always going to suffer the most from the TV show adaption because they have to draw everything out because they're filling up you know eight or nine hours of television or whatever. Sure. And the Hobbits as characters are fun. The Hobbits as a lifestyle are not super interesting, like, at all. They're all gossipy, and they never want to leave their house. And that's not – and then when you dedicate, like, 40 minutes of two hours to that, they don't – you know, they didn't do that in The Hobbit or, like, The Lord of the Rings. So that's obviously the least compelling. It's the most boring. But that will change because it seems like they're about to leave their Hobbit holes. And that's yeah. where the going – that's where the going gets good. I would say that uh, the Bronwyn storyline is a little bit more interesting than I initially anticipated. Yeah, she's that, really good, by the yeah. way, the actress playing So far, her. yeah, so far she's my uh, MVP as far as an actor goes. That and the guy who plays Elrond is really, really good. Yeah, um, and, and, and the girl playing, uh, Morphin Clark playing Galadriel is good. I just feel like it's very overly dramatic right now. And, but that's 
sort of the Lord of the Rings deal is everything's like, oh my God, it's, you know, and she's the <laughs> one trying to convince everybody she's, she's chicken little right now. And, <laughs> and that's always a hard role to play, but uh, I think we're going to start to see some of that kind of uh, play out. But I think the two of the scenes with the two of them together uh, with, with Galadriel and Elrond were some of the best scenes of the show so far. There was very intense sort of like, you know, conversations and they're both really good. So I, uh, I enjoyed that. I've enjoyed them both so far. It's also hard to play roles you've already seen on screen because like for, for me, who's like, I like the movies and that's where it ends. Like then, and look, I would read the books if I had the time. Let's, let's get, let's get that <laughs> out of the way right there. But, but um, I think it's very hard to play roles that have already been played by two very established. I mean, you know, Galadriel was played by Kate Blanchett. Uh, Elrond by Hugo Weaving when he was at the peak of his, you know, sort of fame at that point. Um, and so it's hard to sort of make those your own, but I think they've done a, a good job of showing different sides of those characters. And I think they've been very good so far. And it's a risky thing to play those characters, but I mean, look, is the show's so expensive. I'm sure they got paid very well to do it, but um, so I've, I've liked both of them sort of as the driving forces of the show right now. And, uh, so I would I would definitely compliment both of them on what they've done, uh, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting show because again it's starting so so big, but it's a Lord of the Rings thing, so you kind of have to. It's just going to be interesting how they kind of weave all this together, and if they get a coherent narrative going where it doesn't feel weird to bounce from one place to the next, and it feels like they're all woven together and connected. Because right now it feels like all right, we spent too much time with these people. Let's go over here. You know, and it doesn't yeah. feel like it's a smooth thing where there's a, a thread holding it all together. It feels like we're just kind of getting and, and let's be real. Game of Thrones was that way at the beginning, too. But that's necessary in some ways when you have such a huge world you've got to introduce people to. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. And I think that there is you can kind of see the vision. You can see what yeah. they're going for. But I think that the most important step that they still need to take to really reach that goal is establishing more of a concrete threat. They, they're starting to do that with, you know, we finally saw an orc. You know, we got we got the orc and like had a little one on one orc battle scene. And they'll probably be like kind of a little bit more like the concrete enemy rather than the idea. But at the same time, I think that there needs to be even if it's just like a lieutenant of a Sauron, maybe it ends up being the homeless wizard, but there needs to be kind of like your traditional evil Lord of the Rings figure to really bring it all together, I think. And I think that they can do that, but at this point, I don't see how they're going to, which is why I'm going to keep watching. And there's reason for intrigue, but also slight reason for worry if they haven't kind of figured out who or how they're going to, or well, maybe they've, they've, I assume they've figured it out, but they haven't revealed to the audience yet through two hours what that's going to look like. Yeah, one thing I will say, I mean, first of all, just off the top, for people who haven't seen it, the show looks great. Oh, like it's, it's really pretty and well done and, and, and all that. Um, what I will say, it's something that it's done better than House of Dragons. Right now, if I have to line up the two, which I'm going to watch first, right now I'm going to watch House of the Dragon first. And the reason why is stuff is happening. Like, you know, like, like storyline stuff is happening and moving forward, and I'm in it, and I know what everybody's motivations are and all of that. House of the Dragon, one thing it has done very well is establish that very quickly. The difference between the two right now, the one thing that that, that Lord of the Rings, that, that Rings of Power has going for it, the House of Dragon doesn't. There's some levity in there. House of the Dragon is 
very heavy. It's very, and I don't think you can do that for too long. Like if you look at um, the 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 Game of Thrones original season and and like moving on, you had you know Robert Baratheon was kind of funny at times. You had uh, 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 Tyrion Lannister saying funny things every once in a while to kind of lighten the mood. I mean, he was kind of a scoundrel, kind of like. Uh, you had Braun saying funny things, like giving some levity. I will say that the Rings of Power has a little lightness to it that House of the Dragon does not have right now. And House of the Dragon's going to need to find that because I know it's a very serious subject and it's basically, we know it's leading to a massive civil war and it's going to be terrible and all of that. But you need to have something to give people where it's not just, all right, that was depressing. You know, I, like there needs to be some lightness and I will say the Rings of Power has that, even if it's the Hobbits. Even if it's the uh, the dwarves, you know, there's something in there that's kind of lightening the mood from time to time. Where I have felt like House of the Dragon, every episode, you're kind of like afterwards, just kind of like, all right, let's go do something else for a little bit because it is so heavy. So that's the one thing that Rings of Power has done well so far. Whereas I also think House of the Dragon's narrative is a little better at the moment, but we'll see how that all plays out. It's a long season for both. They have time to sort of figure out their uh, directions. Yeah, early on, I mean, the viewing experience, Florida the Ring, is slightly more enjoyable for me because I'm not sitting there waiting for the next awful thing to happen. Yeah. But that also, I mean, you know, that's what makes Game of Thrones great, and that's what made Lord of the Rings great a little bit, is, like, that that difference in just the overall tone, which we talked about earlier. But, yeah, I mean, right now, House of the Dragon is a little bit more intriguing, but that's because it's a little bit further along in its narrative. I think that... I don't know if I could foresee Lord of the... Unless House of the Dragon really fucking, like, shits their pants. I don't foresee have Lord of the Rings being widely, like, acclaimed as better. I think that there's a path for it to be as good. But at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to personal preference, really. Sure. Like what, kind of, what kind of environment do you want to be viewing when it comes to your, like, medieval fantasy? Do you want the down-in-the-dirt, nitty-gritty BS, or do you want, like, kind of the little bit more lackadaisical, a little bit more lighthearted, like, dark things are gonna happen, but it's more of a classic evil instead of the evil of man kind of thing, you know? So, but I mean, overall, I think first two episodes, they, I think, they couldn't have gone much better, to be honest. I have fairly minor critiques and they will probably be answered in episode three as you stated it looks spectacular there are five or six like wow shots in the first two episodes they are using every dollar of their budget which thank god because that's the most important thing i mean the most important thing for this show is to capture the overall feel of lord of the rings it doesn't really matter if it's going to be like that good because you're always going to have the core audience as long as it feels like Lord of the Rings. And I can say without a doubt, it feels like Lord of the Rings right now. It's spectacle. I mean, it is spectacle. And and by the way, it's Jeff Bezos's money, folks. Just use it. Just use as much as you can. As long as he, I mean, he's sending rockets to the moon. The least he can do is give us a good <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Get us the grand tour back. Let those guys drive wherever they want to. Like spend your money in things that we can appreciate and enjoy. Um, I will also say last thing I'll say on the show too is it improved from episode one to episode two. I think that some of that is just, again, the establishing nature of episode one. I also thought the House of the Dragon episode two was the best. And then I thought three fell off. So I think three is going to be very important for Rings of Power. Do you continue to build or is it kind of, are you good? And then you kind of settle back in a little bit. It'll be interesting to see, because I do, I agreed with you that I thought House of the Dragon's third episode was a little bit of a, 
I mean, we're talking degrees here because I think all three episodes have been good, but it did sort of settle back a little bit. We'll see how how Rings of Power uh, coming out uh, uh, goes, and of course, we'll be back to talk about. It. Yeah, I think I I have some op- more, a little bit more optimism for Rings of Power just because I feel like that first episode, like you said, tons of extrapolating, tons of explaining, and the second episode it felt like anywhere from half to two thirds of it were action scenes of yes. like some capacity. And I don't need action scenes all the time, but that's how they're going to keep you looped in until they really hammer down like the central narrative that they're going to follow through with. And I can't wait to find out. Can't wait to talk about it with you, Ryan. Let's see how many rings of power are we going to give this? I would give it seven of nine rings of power. I think in wow. terms of, in terms of premiere, like it really, I don't think it could have gone much better. They really, I mean, it, it's not perfect television, but anything that is already like kind of loosely based off of something else is kind of it's going to be viewed with its inherent skepticism anyway. I don't think it could have gone much better for them. I give it seven out of nine rings back. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with seven out of nine as well. Heavily leaning on Nazim Banandi, Banandi's performance, uh, Morphic Clark's performance as Gladriel, Elrond. I love all that stuff. Uh, and just the way it looks, man. I mean, from the opening scene, you felt like you were in the Lord of the Rings. They established that very quickly and did a great job. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with seven as well. Uh, I, and hopefully, and I'm hopeful that it'll, as it settles into its narrative, we'll start building from there. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this much. I'd much rather live on Middle Earth than in Westeros. There's oh, God. No yeah. question about it. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I am Liam McEwen. This was Ryan Phillips. We will see you next time on The Big Stream, presented by The Big League.